there's a message here for every person in this building this morning. For every person who will hear it later online as they listen to it on the internet. For every person who may hear part of it in any kind of way. Because God is moving in his word today. I ask you to open your heart and say, Lord, this message is for me. Given by the Holy Spirit, delivered by our pastor, this message is for me. God wants to touch your life today. God wants to speak to you. He wants to and will call your name. You don't have to plead with God to make that happen. God wants to identify with you and ask you to closely identify with Him so that your life can be what God has designed it to be and planned it to be, a life of victory, grace, and overcoming. 1 Samuel chapter 1 holds the story that I'm telling you right now. Samuel was a boy serving in the temple because his mother at his birth had dedicated him to God and put him there to assist the priests and the high priest in the worship of the Lord. As Samuel grew up in the temple, his mother who had dedicated him to the service of God came every year to see him and visit with him. The rest of the time he was in the temple ministering the worship of the Lord. One night Samuel was asleep and he heard a voice speaking to him. It just simply called his name. Samuel. And Samuel got up and went into the next room where Eli, the high priest, was sleeping. And he said, you called. I'm here. Eli said, no, son, I didn't call you. Go back and go to bed. Samuel went back and went to his own bed. A short while later, he heard a voice. He called his name, Samuel. Samuel got up again and went to see Eli. Eli said, no, you're mistaken. I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. He went back to his bed. A few minutes later, he heard a voice speaking to him. Samuel. And he got up and went to speak to Eli. And Eli perceived that Samuel was hearing from God. So he said, Samuel, go back to your bed. Go back to your sleep. And if you hear this voice again, answer it by saying, Here am I. Speak. Your servant hears. And so Samuel went back to his bed. And not long afterward, he heard that same voice speaking again. Samuel. And this time he said, Here am I, Lord. Speak. Your servant hears. And God began to deliver to him a message of prophecy for his nation. He called him in a supernatural way. I'm abbreviating this story to a great extent, but you can read it all in the first part of the first book of Samuel in the Old Testament. There's 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. Start by reading the very first verse of the first chapter of 1 Samuel and read through the end of this. 
And so then God raised him up over a period of time in his life when Eli passed from the scene and God changed the order because of iniquity prevailing in Israel. But he raised up Samuel as a prophet of God and a judge of the nation. And he did that because when he called Samuel by name, Samuel, finally identifying the voice of the Lord, answered, and he said, Here I am. Use me, Lord. Here I am. What do you have to say? I'm ready to hear your voice, Lord. And he heard the voice of God. God spoke to him and and, and showed him the path that he had chosen for him. Now, everybody hears the voice of God. Everybody, in some way or other, not the same way, not always a voice out of the sky, but in some way, in some order, God speaks to everybody. Samuel heard, but he didn't hear it first. It took more than one time of God speaking to him for Samuel to clearly identify the voice of the Lord. So there may be times when God speaks to us, and we don't always identify This is the voice of God. When we don't, we miss a great deal. Samuel missed it first, missed it again. He missed it until finally he knew, at the instruction of Eli, with the help of another, finally he knew to say, this must be God. Here am I, Lord. And then God spoke to him and gave him his message. So there are many reasons why you sometimes may not recognize the voice of God when he speaks to you. One of the reasons could be because you're unfamiliar with his voice and never heard it before. That's what Samuel experienced. It wasn't that Samuel wasn't unfamiliar because he wasn't there in the temple of the Lord. He was there serving and working, administering worship and helping the high priest. He was doing what in those days certainly would have been considered a greatly spiritual job, a job of high value. But he didn't help him recognize the voice of God. So if you're not familiar with God's voice, he may speak to you. He may have to speak to you more than one time before you know it's God. So just because you don't recognize it to begin with, just because you question what is this and what is this about, where is this coming from, don't rule it out. If it's a good thing for your life, it could very well be the voice of God speaking to you. That you're going to have to hear, listen, and be ready to obey before you can actually recognize the voice of God. Samuel got ready because he said, here am I. I'm ready, Lord. Tell me what you want me to do. That's a prevailing thing about hearing the voice of God. When somebody hears God's voice, and they may not recognize it, but when they say, I'm ready to do what you want me to do, when I know it's God, I'm ready to do what you want me to do. They will hear, you will hear, I will hear God's plan revealed to us because we recognize it's coming from Him. Paul, before he was Paul, was on the Damascus Road, struck off his horse, fell in the dust on the ground, and heard a voice speaking to him. Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And Saul said,
familiar with it. He didn't recognize it. But he knew enough to say, who are you, Lord? I want to identify this voice that I'm hearing crying out to me, this voice that knows my name. I want to know who you are. And he got obedient revelation. I am Jesus, whom you were persecuting. And then, listen to what Saul said. Lord, I want to tell you what Saul said, because this is what you and I need to say. Saul said, Lord, what will you have me do? When you're ready to say, Lord, what will you have me do? You will hear the voice of God for your life. And until you're ready to say, what do you want from me, Lord? What do you want me to do? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to stay. I'm ready my place to fill. I'm ready. What is it, Lord? And when you say that, God has a message for your life. And you'll hear it and know it. So he told Saul what to do. Saul did it. And you know that he became the Apostle Paul. Another reason you may not understand the voice of God when he speaks is because you may have heard him speak to you so many times that you didn't listen. Maybe you weren't familiar with him because you never heard his voice. It may also be because you've heard him speak to you so many times and you did not listen. You refused to heed this voice of God. One thing causes people to not listen when God's speaking to them is because they're afraid God will tell them to do something they don't want to do. And guess what? He may do that. But the greatest pleasure that you will find and the greatest victory you will find in your life is when you do, actually do, perform on what God tells you to do. Though it may seem like something you don't want to do, and I'm really talking to somebody here right now. It may be something you really don't want to do. You'd rather not hear this, but rather than the only choice you have is either say, I will obey, or God will stop his voice from coming into your life. When God's speaking to you about something he wants you to do, the best thing you can possibly do Once you clearly understand it, this is the call and the will and the plan of God for me, is to say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. I used to hear a lot of people say, I don't hear this much anymore. It used to be popular among a lot of people. You know why I don't get saved, preacher? You know why I don't get saved? Because I know if I knew, I know if I get saved, I'll have to preach it. I just don't want to preach it. I know that God wants me to preach it. What arrogance. I used to think, boy, you must not think much of preachers. That's a good reason for not getting saved because you might have to preach. You better hope God calls you to do something worthwhile. And you better hope that you're willing to do it, to hear God's voice and do what God says to do. Because that's the only place that there's true victory. So he may have spoken to you too many times and when you didn't listen. And another reason you may not understand and recognize the voice of God is because there may be too many other voices filling your ears and filling your mind that you're paying attention to and giving credence to that really don't amount to, may I say it? Yes, I will. A hill of beans. Just a good old southern expression. Most of the other junk you're listening to 
doesn't matter. You listened to it this morning. You got up and decided to listen to all this cacophony of confusion. You turned on your TV, and it wasn't what you needed to hear because it didn't get you ready to come to the house of God. You'd be better off if you never heard it. You'd be better off if you could forget it and let it go. Because anything that fills your mind, fills your attention, fills your hearing, that crowds out the voice of God when there's no time to hear from God, no attention to hear from God, is going to pull you away from God. There are too many, there are too many voices. Too many voices. You're listening to... Okay, I'm going to go ahead with it. You're listening to too many preachers, believing too many things, because somebody picks up a Bible and says, you think, oh, that's wonderful, let me listen to that. And a lot of it may be good. I hear some things that are very good. I hear some things I, I wish I hadn't bothered to waste the power of a TV set. It goes both ways, if you guys know how to discern it. There are people, there, I'm talking about being confused by hearing too many voices. There are people sending you letters telling you God has spoken to them with a miracle for you. If you'll send them $100, they'll make sure that miracle comes through. If you send them $500, it'll be even better. <laughs> Thank God I've never sent out a letter like that to anybody in my life because it would have been a lie in the beginning. You may be hearing too many voices, confused about too many things. I want to tell you this, and I don't say this with any degree of, of, of self-importance or, or ascribing over-importance to this church. But I do say to you, and I don't mind saying it at all, this is one place you can believe what you hear. You can believe what you hear spoken from this place right here. And you come to this altar, this is an altar. This is a place for meeting God. This is a place for God to speak to you. And this place right now, where you sit, the place that you're sitting right now, is a place for you to hear from God. So take this message that God has given me, and let this be a word of God, from God, for you, for now, for this hour, for this time. And God will do something in your life that you've never seen happen before. You know, when I was thinking about this message, I debated whether I should tell you this. Now, I don't want to get too far off from my subject. But yeah, I do know that God speaks to us, and it's not always in a voice. It sometimes is in a deed, in an action. If somebody comes up to you and says, I have a word from the Lord for you, the first thing I want you to do is take about two inches, step back, Put a guard around your mind and say, this is a precious brother or sister, and it may be something wonderful, but it may not be from God. So God will show you things that you know him. Friday, I had to go to Jacksonville. I went over there in the morning, and on my way over there, I'm not going to exaggerate this one bit. I'm going to try to tell you just... Very clear to high experiences. So I go on, I'm driving on 295, and I take the I-95 north exit to go into Jacksonville. I'm on this overpass. It gets up quite high. It has a curve.
curve at the top of it. Most of you are familiar with it. So while I'm at that curve at the top, you can, it's a long overpass. You can drive fairly fast. You can drive 50, 50, 60 miles an hour. It's not too fast for that particular overpass. I'm probably driving between 50 and 60. And there are other cars at the other lane, two lanes, other cars over here beside me. So as I'm driving along in the right lane, another car just ahead of me in the left lane, I hear one of these loud, I don't know what to call them, uh, booming sounds, like a car that has no bufflers. And yet it's planned, though. You know, they like it so they put the gas on it and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. They want to be loud. So if you like that, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. That's why I heard. So I hear this car coming up beside me. I look over, quickly glance like a Charger or a Camaro or something like that. And the, and the sound is loud, like five motorcycles all going at the same time. And this car is driving so fast, there's just about room between me and the person ahead of me for one car to be there if it were already there. This car that's driving so fast and sounding so loud, it couldn't slow down if he wanted to. He couldn't have time to even hit the car in front of it. So he pulls over right in front of me, and I don't believe up to that point I had ever had a car come that close to hitting me. And I thought, as soon as it happened, as soon as he missed me, I could see, I could see the almost like the, the shiny chrome part of his bumper as he pulled over and just barely missed the left front corner of my car. If he had hit that going at the speed he was going and the speed I was going, he was going much faster than I was. If he had set that at the speed that we were going, there would have been a horrible accident on the top of that overpass, and I don't know, I think I'd probably be in heaven today. I will tell you, the first thing that I did was I didn't curse him. <laughs> what good would that have done? <laughs> he doesn't care or know it. That was the first thing I did was say, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I, and I really believe God was speaking to my heart about some things. I don't mean instantly telling me a lot of things. Now you're getting my attention. So I go over there, I finish the business I had over there, and then I, and I come back. Now, I'm driving, this is my return trip. I just barely made it by the grace of God on my over there trip. On my comeback trip, I'm driving down Highway 17, crossing over Kingsley Avenue, coming through the traffic light, and there's a little old lady. I didn't know she was a little old lady until a little bit later when I saw her in the car. There's a little old lady, and she pulled up, making a right turn from Kingsley onto Highway 17. And when she got out there on Highway 17, she kept driving just as slow as she was driving when she made the turn. She didn't speed up so people in the right lane could get behind her. All of a sudden, now I'm driving normal speed, about 40 miles an hour, and she's over here very slow in the right lane, coming up on her. And I notice how slow she's driving. Then all of a sudden, not a sound of preparation, not a warning, no big, loud, non-muffler sound of engine, just a whiz. A car came right up beside me. He, he was going faster than either one of us was. So if I was going 40, he had to be going 60. And he could not have stopped and had to keep from hitting that woman. Slow pace, dragging along, not moving to get out of anybody. He couldn't have stopped in time. To keep from hitting her. He didn't try to. He couldn't. No good. Only other choice he had was to go across the sidewalk and head through the field or into the 
into the municipal building of Orange Park. Or go to the left and bang me over to the side. Or try to get between us. And he made it between us. I don't know how he must have. He must have had some kind of grease on his back bumper to have made it. I, I, I mean to tell you, I thought it was close going over there, and I saw this come. I said, Lord, I can't believe this two times in one day, Lord. What in the world are you trying to tell me? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I've been praying since that time, both of those times. I, 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 I don't know where my body would be today, if that, either one of those things. I know where my spirit would be. I don't know where my body would be. So thank God. I, and, I, and the second time, I said, God, praise you, Lord. Praise you. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you. Because if he had touched the front of my bumper according to the speed he was, there would have been a, not just two or three cars there. There would have been a mass of cars in that accident. God speaks to us. He speaks to us and we're willing to hear this, uh, whatever this message is from God. I really don't believe God has to get my attention that way. But sometimes he goes ahead and does it anyway. So I will tell you, I started really carefully thinking and paying attention to a lot of things that I may not have been doing that with before this past Friday. And I know there are times that I cry out, oh God, Speak to me. I do. I cry out, oh God, speak to me. I need to hear your voice about this matter. I need to hear what you have to say. I need you to tell me about this, oh Lord. What is it that you have to say to me about this particular issue? And I cry out. There's a, there's a great old song I thought about. A lot of the time I was preparing this message, I thought about this old song. It's an old altar song called, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And I will tell you this, he will not pass you by if you are ready to hear the voice of God. He will not. Let me out a throne of mercy, the song goes on to say. Find a sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While at others are calling, do not pass me by. When God calls your name, he wants you to hear what he has to say to you. He's not just going to speak to you just so you can know that he speaks to people. God speaks to you is because he has something to say to you. A few months ago, there was a woman, she and her husband coming to our church. I know them very well. I see them frequently at places that they work. They tell me they're working on Sunday nights. very hard for them to get away and rarely get here. But she was at this altar right about where I'm pointing right now. Her name is Marie. I could tell you their whole both of their names are last names. Her name is Marie. The only, the only thing I ever knew her was Scott and Marie. I've all, I spoke to her many times. Hey, Marie. She's at the altar that morning. People were praying all over the altar. There's a lot of things that happened at this altar that most people don't know about. So she's here praying. And I didn't know this until in the, sometime on in the week when she called the church office. And she said, does anybody there know my full name? And church secretary said, no, I don't think so. I don't think I do. She said, well, I was at the altar Sunday morning. And 
Someone came up and laid hands on her. Now listen carefully to this. Tell you exactly what she said. Someone came up and laid hands on me and prayed for me. And they prayed for God to bless Louise. God touched, ministered to Louise, blessed Louise. God's favor is on, is on you, Louise. And she said, in a few seconds I looked up to see who it was praying for me. I didn't see anybody. There were all people around, but I couldn't identify anybody who had actually laid hands on me and prayed for me. pastor had been there and prayed for me, but I don't know if it was him or but I don't know who it was. But whoever it was called me Louise. And I don't know if anybody, nobody, nobody where I work, none among my friends. Few people in my family even know that my middle name is Louise. And she wondered if anybody here could possibly know. Well, no, we didn't know. Had no way to know. But whoever it was that laid hands on her and prayed for her somehow knew that her name was Louise. And I don't have very many questions about that. Either somebody among us was praying for her and God revealed that. But more likely, it was just the angel of God saying, I know your name. I know you. I know you, Louise. Just so you don't get mixed up and think I'm talking about somebody else. And maybe other Marie's here, but you're the only Louise. And called her name at this altar. And I want to tell you this morning, my friends, as supernatural, as way out, as extreme, as, as, as out in the neverland as it may seem to you, God knows things about you that nobody else knows. God knows your name and your character and your being in entirety. And God can speak to you in the very depth of your understanding, making it clear and abundantly clear, I know who you are. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't call the wrong person thinking it's another person. I can tell you some preachers who've made those mistakes, a lot of them, in fact, I can tell you. They thought they were talking to one person that turned out to be the wrong person. doesn't matter. God doesn't do that. That never happens with God. When he calls your name, it's because he knows who you are. And he wants you to hear what he has to say to you. Please, please, Lord, call my name. Call my name. And God knows what it is. This is the truth. When I was just a boy, I didn't really know my name. I knew my nickname. I didn't know my name. My nickname was Billy. And everybody called me that. So when I went down to get my Social Security card, I think you got them at those days when you turned 18. So glad to go down and get my Social Security card. And I walked in to get my Social Security card. And they said, what's your name? I said, Billy Register. And that's what they put on my Social Security card. Ah, I saw it many times. But somewhere along the way, I learned that my name 
That was legitimate. My name really was. Everybody knew me as Bill the Register. Later on, I became Bill Register. But actually, the truth was, I was always in actuality William P. Register. And later on, it became senior because I was a junior. So, but my name was my name on my social security card should have been William P. Register. But they put the name on there that I told them. And so on up until just a few years ago, the state of Florida granted me a driver's license with the wrong address on it over the Internet. And I went in to get that address changed, and the person at the, at the counter said, we can't do anything with your, with your driver's license because there's a notation on here that you have a security risk. I said, what can it be? He said, I don't know. Well, later on in the course of time, things happened. I checked on it, tried to find out, and come to find out they had run the check after they gave me my license. Now, they ran the check on it, and they found out that my Social Security identification didn't match up with the name that was on my driver's license. Because my driver's license said my real name, William Powell Register. My Social Security card still thought I was Billy Register. So I went down to the Social Security office and explained it to them, and they changed it just like that. Hardly mattered at all. And then I went back, and lo and behold, the state of Florida didn't have any security issue against me. It's a bad thing when you don't really know your name. Now, you you got to admit that. you got to admit that can tend to get confusion when you don't really know your name. And I say that to you. I, maybe I didn't even know my own name. <laughs> Embarrassed a little bit to say it, but it's true. I didn't really know, and I, you know, I was way up in life before I knew what, what, what my real name was. So, I may not know my own name. You may, you may be a whole lot smarter than I am. You may, there may be some things about your own name you don't know. But I'm going to tell you who does know it. I'm going to tell you the one who does know it. He knows not only your name. He knows exactly what your name is. He knows what is the right name for you. He even knows the name that he's already prepared for you in the realms of glory when we cross over there. And we walk in and say, our names are written in the book of life. And this is the name. He knows who we are. And God knows you today like nobody else knows you. He knows your name. And when God speaks to you, he makes no mistake. He knows who he's talking to. Because he knows you. And when you hear God, it's God's message to you. So I wanted to share this with you. A little song that being sung today. It says, He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy. I will bless His name again. And then it says, He is here. Listen closely. He is calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy. Silent to, silently to him and ask him. <laughs> 